You're listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and at Instagram models bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi Fi. Good morning, everybody. It's time for another installment of the Morning Punch-In Show with RB and J. This is your girl, Jay, broadcasting live from the LBC. Everybody's in different locations today, but we are together to bring another great show for you. Instead of RB bringing me in this time, it's kind of fun. Wait, I have to, let me channel my RB so we can get this show started right. Good morning, everybody. It's the Morning Punch-In Show, the most unpredictable, honest, and authentic Morning Punch-In Show boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, April 24th, 2017, and our special guests on the hotline bling are Sean and Kenny Porter right after their devastating victory over Andre Berto Saturday night in Brooklyn, so we'll talk to them about that. Of course, we've got Jake Donovan joining us for Jake's Take to give you all the updates on the weekend fight action and what he's hearing behind the scenes But there would not be a show without our fearless leader, the illustrious Raging Babe, R.B. What's going on, R.B.? Oh, no, I think I lost R.B. R.B. is out in the field in North Carolina, and the weather is really, really bad. Oh, I got her back. Good morning, R.B. Okay, I'm here. I'm here. Hey, Jay, how are you? I am excellent. How are you doing? It's Stormin' Norman out there where you are in North Carolina. Yeah, I'm out here in North Carolina. It's fight week in Durham. Um, It's been storming since yesterday, really bad thunderstorms and rain. Our Wi-Fi is in and out. My phone service sucks, so I'm going to try my best to hang on today and make it through the morning punch and show with you guys. Well, that was kind of fun doing the intro this morning. It was pretty cool. I see why you like doing it. But I'm glad I could get with you, RB, because I know it's bad back there, and you've got a wonderful, wonderful show going down this week. But you had your your first event last night in your new partnership with uh, Rashid Wallace. Tell us about your, your event last night and how great it went. Oh, man, we hosted a dinner for the Boxing Moms of North Carolina. Rashid Wallace and I have gotten really close as friends out here since me coming out to North Carolina. He completely saw the vision of telling their stories. You know, they're they're the fighters. They're the silent force behind these fighters. And they deal with a lot of adversity as well, and they have sacrificed so much money and tears and sweat along with their sons, and we just wanted to share their triumphs and their struggles and their setbacks. And uh, we had an amazing dinner last night. There was lots of drinks, lots of food, lots of laughs, and lots of tears. Um, And so we will be putting that all together for you guys, hopefully in the next couple weeks, and to share that with everyone. It was great. That's amazing. That's such an overlooked segment of boxing society. Nobody feels that pain other than the fighters themselves like the mom. You know, the fathers, obviously, too, the ones that are involved, but the mothers who gave birth to these warriors feel the depth yeah. of their pain on a whole nother level that nobody will truly understand until, unless they're a mother. So it, kudos it really, to you it kudos really to is. Wallace. Yeah, it really is unexplainable. And uh, the dinner was hosted at his store called For Ama Home in Durham, which is a women's boutique, which you will be hearing about that more. And actually, we're going to play Know It or Blow It today. And um, 
if you win the trivia game, you will actually get a free gift from the foramahome.com store. That's awesome. Ooh, I wish I could play. So, yeah. once again, you are so you got a call. To the morning pension show. They got a call, which is a reminder to the number, 718-508-9852. Remember, when you hear it's time to play Know It or Blow It, you have to call 718-508-952 and press 1 on your keypad so we can pick you up. Before we dive into the show, let me go ahead and reread today's hot question that we tweeted out this morning. Today's hot question, grade this weekend's card. Did boxing give the fans what they wanted this weekend? Why or why not? Remember, we had the card happening in Brooklyn, headlined by Sean Porter and Andre Berto, and we also had the card in California, the top-ranked pay-per-view card, led by Oscar Valdez versus Moriaga, Mariaga, so make sure you tweet your responses and use the hashtag TMPS so we can read your responses on the air. We had a full weekend of fights this weekend, RB. I know you were out and about, but yeah. you know, you're never far away from your boxing if you got your phone with you. <laughs> you know, well, that's you know, that's another big reason why we have Jake Donovan for Jake's take. He seems to, you know, keep up with all the fights. There was some stuff going on overseas. Uh, you know, Gabe Rosado and Martin Murray fought, which unfortunately I didn't get to see that fight. Um, again, me being out in North Carolina, I didn't have showtime. Thank God I watched somebody's Facebook Live, so I caught some Porter Birdo. But I didn't see anything of the Valdez fight. I didn't see anything of Zorro. So I'm counting on you and Jake to break it down, not only for the listeners today, but for me as well. Well, we're going to break it down for you. And it looks like we got Jake Donovan on the line, so let's get it started. You're rocking with the Morning Punching Show with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's Take. Good morning. (laughs) What's up, Jake? Jay, I got to give it to you. That was a dead ringer for RB. You had me all thrown off this morning. Last week you guys got me on Tuesday, and now you got Jay doing RB, RB doing Jay. It's crazy. Hey, we, we do what we can do to bring the boxing to the people and the people to the boxing. Yeah, I mean, that's what makes the show fun and unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, Jake, um, yep. we want to talk about a few things with you today. Um, there was a little bit of a fiasco in New York with Hatley. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about Valdez needing to, you know, get more on network TV. We want to talk about yes. the Parker Fury fallout. Um, so where do we... Where do we start? Maybe we start with um, Kurtzizide. How do you say his last name? He really broke through. Kurtzizide. Yeah, we just need to call him badass. I mean, that that little dude is (laughs) – that man can punch. I don't know how well he can box yet. I don't know how well he can take a punch, but he's fun to watch. He's fun to listen to, and and he really put it on Tommy Langford this weekend. And, you know, maybe we do need to take a deep breath and say, you know, well, Tommy Langford is unbeaten, but he's kind of unknown. We don't know if uh, Katsizi is yet the truth, but it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun watching him on his way to the top. And, um, I, and it was a hell of a knockout. He, um, it was just like the Antoine Douglas uh, fight. He knew exactly how he wanted to win, and that's exactly the way he won. He ended up he slammed the left hook across uh, poor Langford's face, dropped him to the canvas, I, you know, dared him to get up. 
Langford had no chance of getting up. You know, the best thing he did was just allowing the referee to stop the fight. It was just, you know, it, it's always fun watching this guy fight. Uh, you know, uh, the last time we saw him was over a year ago on Showtime on that, you know, special right. edition of Showbox or whatever. This time was on Box Nation and BT Sport. Hopefully the American Network realize this guy needs to be on TV. He's got Lou DiBella behind him. I know Lou is going to be pushing hard for him to get his title shot next and then facing whatever middleweight is still standing around, you know, with whether it's Gennady Golovkin, Canelo, whoever. I mean, it, it's going to be a lot of fun watching this guy. He is a big, bad ass. He's a short and compact, <laughs> and he has that power behind him, and he, yeah. he lets it leak. When he lets it go, it's amazing. A little bit of a, a moment there. It looked like the weight was going to be an issue, but it looked like it all came out in the wash. He's still up bad. Yeah, that was strange. Man. I mean, he was, yeah, he was almost a half a pound older. Then he came back. He actually dropped a pound and a half. I mean, I, you know, we could take wow. a guess of how he released it. But, you know, I mean, but, you know, you had poor, uh, you know, Marlon Topolis in, um, in Japan, you know, who was a pound and a half older. He, he was in a sauna for two hours in a full body wow. suit, you know, riding a bike trying to lose weight and, and only shed a quarter of a pound. No, it's easy, you know, he, the look on his face, like, the, him and Andre Rosa were very surprised he was overweight. So, I mean, he came back, I think it was like an hour and a half later he came back, and he dropped, like, you know, he, he only needed to lose a half a pound. He went the extra mile and lost a pound and a half. And, so, I guess it wasn't well, that you, much of a concern. Yeah, you know who wasn't impressed with him this weekend was mm-hmm. Billy Joe Saunders. No. He not said he's not impressed uh, with him. Yeah, it's funny. You know, we saw uh, Saunders was ringside for the fight. Then when he was on TV afterwards, it almost seemed like he was bothered by the fact that he had to fight him next. Uh, and a lot of people were like, oh, you know, he's going to fake an injury. He's going to pull out of the fight. But you kind of get a sense of why he's annoyed because his next fight was supposed to be, you know, a four-belt unification bout with Gennady Golovkin. So, I mean, I, I'd be pissed right. off too if I had a fight with Golovkin guaranteed. We paid this guy step-aside money and gave him an interim title fight. You know, Chris Easy got cash in his pocket, and he's got a belt, and now still a guaranteed shot at Billy Joe Saunders, who really has nothing to show for it. So what's going to be the icing on the cake for Saunders is if now that he's committed to this fight, God forbid Golovkin and Canelo don't fight in September. You know, then what? Now he's stuck fighting Chris Easy. You know, who knows? Maybe then, you know, someone, you know, gets hurt and winds up fighting Gennady instead. But um, but I'll give it to Billy Joe. I mean, you know, once it sank in that he has to fight this guy next, he, he put his mind to it. He, he got in Chris Easy's face. Um, uh, afterwards, they had a little post-fight celebration. I don't know if it was a post-fight press conference or like a celebration, but he was yelling at Cassisi, yelling at Andre Rozier, and telling him, you know, he ain't nothing, calling him a little, you know, puffed-up Danny DeVito, and just going out of his way to insult him. But, you know, he's already selling the fight. You know, he's proud of the fact that, you know, he's got a lot of weight to lose. But I, I get, he, he gave a good answer to that, you know, saying, you know, he doesn't do drugs. His, his addiction is food. So when he's not fighting, he eats. And then, you know, when he has to fight, he gets in the gym and he loses it. So... There's going to be a lot of pent-up anger. You know, Chris Easy, he's always looking for the knockout. Billy Joe Saunders is coming to a fight, you know, for the first time in a long time, fighting for a purpose. So I, when they fight, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, let's go over to Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, let's go over to Liverpool where Martin Murray defeated Gabriel Rosado. Uh, I did not watch this, so I can't really give a lot of input. I'm just going to count mm-hmm. on you and Jay. Yeah. Um, it was it was a good, not great fight, and I'll give promoter Eddie Hearn all the credit in the world. He actually said that he did, you know, he, he thought it was going to be an action fight. I think he was disappointed by the fact that it was just a good boxing match. He was very disappointed by the final scores. Uh, one judge had it even, which is how I had the fight. One judge had it absurd. I think it was one nineteen, one oh nine. It's just you know, you know what, what the hell were you watching? But um, you know, uh, mm. Murray probably did deserve a very close decision win. Um, Gabe fought well early. It was, it was a nice boxing match early. You know, Gabe, you know, it's smart. It's like, you know, you look at him and the guy starts bleeding. So he did everything he could to prevent, you know, from the fight getting stopped on cuts. I think he might have eased up a little too much and tried to save too much for later. 
Uh, Murray kind of exploited that in the middle rounds, and I think that's what really won the fight for him. It got to a point where Martin still to build up a lead where, you know, Gabe had to knock him out in order to win. Uh, Billy Briscoe told him that in the championship rounds. He's like, you got to let it all hang out. To Gabe's credit, he did. He won the last two rounds very big, which on my card brought it to even, but it just, you know, in the eyes of the other two judges, you know, the, the fight was already decided by then. Um, I, I thought it was a good fight. A lot of people killed it, you know, maybe because they just expected this all-out war because that's the way these two guys fight. But, you know, it was a good fight. And what I liked about it is, you know, Murray, now he, he gets another opportunity. He had to earn it. He beat Gabe. Um, if he stays at middleweight, I'm not sure how, he, how far he goes. What I like is, you know, Gabe actually has one more opportunity now because he showed that, you know, he can get through 12 rounds. He can box. He's not going to bleed to death. And, you know, with Billy Briscoe, I think, you know, maybe – you know, there's some guys you just want to see retire, and you say, well, if Gabe was out of lost this fight, you know, this is it. But it, it was a very close fight, and I think he should get at least one more opportunity. I mean, I'm not saying he should get a rematch with, a, with Gennady Golovkin, but, you know, give him one more shot where, if, you know, if he loses that fight, then he's absolutely done. But he didn't embarrass himself, except after the fight when, you know, him and uh, Murray went after each other. You know, they were both pissed off. Murray was pissed off that one judge had it even. You know, Gabe was upset that he lost the 11-1 on one card, and they both got in each other's face, and... And I, yeah. I thought Gabe should have just found a way to back off, or Billy should have grabbed him at least, and you know told you him. Know, hey, man, you uh, Re- yeah, Rosado yep. has nine lives. I mean, just when he you does. think he's done, he gets another fight, and it's always you know a decent fight, and then you know he's just the gift that keeps giving. Uh, but listen, let's switch gears a little bit because we want to talk about some good yeah. stuff, and we want to get your take on this all-star boxing, the latest with Canelo, where yeah. they actually want to deduct you know, millions of dollars from his next purse in the Canelo fight. I mean, in the Chavez yeah. fight. What is going on with that? Okay, so um, the case was settled. We, we all know, um, you know, uh, All Star Boxing won the case last year against Canelo. They sued Canelo and Golden Boy, actually. Uh, they sued Golden Boy for torturous interference, but, you know, the, uh, the jury cleared Golden Boy of that, so there was no charges levied against them. But Canelo was found to be uh, to breach his contract with uh, All Star Boxing that he signed in 2008. The jury decided that, you know, he owed also boxing $8.5 million for the, the profit that also boxing lost by investing into his career early. Um, Canelo appealed it. To, I think he did two, uh, two appeals, but uh, I know the, the final appeal was denied on March 18th. And then um, also boxing, you know, was told, you know, that they now had the right to collect and that summons could be served within 45 days. This is exactly what they did. They served the summons to Golden Boy. They served the summons to HBO. Uh, they had the state of Nevada service summons to the T-Mobile Arena and to uh, the MGM Hotel Properties. And by that, obviously, I mean the people who run those facilities, not the actual building. But the reason for that is they believe Canelo has shifted his assets to where if they go after Canelo, he doesn't have $8.5 million to turn over. So now uh, the belief is that you know these four parties are hiding Canelo's assets, and that's why he's, uh, All-Star Boxing is going after Canelo's purse or any assets they have that's going to total $8.5 million. Basically, what he wants to make sure is that this gets paid. Golden Boy is claiming they're filing another appeal. I don't know how if the judge, you know, uh, dismissed the final appeal. But my understanding is that this appeal that he's trying to um, put in, it has to come with $8.5 million up front. Whereas if it gets turned down, the money immediately gets turned over to, uh, to All-Star Boxing. Like the $8.5 million gets held in escrow. Uh, Alvarez wow. hasn't done, yet, done that yet. So therefore, there really hasn't been an appeal filed. It's like it'd be me, me saying, hey, I feel the outcome of this fight. But, you know, if I don't pay for that appeal, then it doesn't count. So right now, you know, uh, Tuto Zavala is uh, looking to collect. And, you know, Canelo, he's supposed to be getting $10 million for the Chavez fight. So he might be getting, you know, 1.5 plus profits if uh, the other four parties kind of back off and tell him you're on your own. Well, okay, so Canelo's supposed to make $10 million 
for the Chavez fight, and All Star wants eight million of that purse. Is that what you're saying? What they want is their eight point five million dollars. However, Canelo wants to pay it. If he doesn't want to pay it, um, you know, before the fight, then they're gonna, he, yeah, he's going to put a, a lien. Uh, basically, the Red Garnish wow. is saying he's entitled to eight point five million dollars any time that that money becomes available. And if that money comes in the form of Canelo's next check, then yeah, he has to turn over the eight point five. It's like if you owe the money, um, the IRS money, and they want it, they're going to take it out of your next paycheck. So in this case, you know, all fell back to wow. as, as the IRS. So. Yeah. All-star boxing put a boot on Canelo Chavez. It's like getting up in the morning, <laughs> walking out to your car, and there's a boot on your car. Well, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, they're going right. to get and their that's money. That's the problem with too. It's like everyone who's looking forward to the fight, and especially like you know, Golden Boy's uh, spokesman is the way they're phrasing it. They're making all-star boxing out to be the bad guy. I mean, Canelo's the one who signed the contract and decided he was going to jump ship and go to another promoter while still on the contract. You know, if he didn't like the agreement, then you know you find a legal way out of it. He's the one that, you know, took another avenue. And, you know, now he literally has to pay the price. How dare he? How dare they want their money back? <laughs> well, I mean, I will say, you know, also boxing did not invest $8.5 million. I think the actual amount invested was $180,000. There's, the jury decided $8.5 million is what he's entitled to based on wow. what Canelo has made since he left also boxing and joined Golden Boy. So, I mean, of course, there's a case to be made that Golden Boy made him that star. But, you know, the judge and jury decided otherwise. Well, look, so often you have fighters that sign these contracts, and then when it's time to actually execute the contract, they pump the brakes and they start doing whatever they want to do. Um, yep. We, You know, not too long ago, Chris Algieri was going through the same kind of thing with his promoter where, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, Guardian and those guys, they take a big percentage of these guys' purses, but at the same time, you knew what you signed years ago. So when yeah, it's time exactly. to cough up that 20 30%, you got to do it. You signed. Yeah, I mean, there's another example. I know, uh, according to that scenario, we're going to touch on in a minute, but, you know, Charles Hatley and Don King, really any fighter that signs with Don King today, it's like if you sign in with Don King in 2017, you have to know what you're getting yourself into. So. Absolutely. You know, a, a lot of boxers, you wonder if they really understand the contract they're signing. You wonder if they're even reading it. If, you know, they're having their lawyers read it, their managers read it. You know, if it's anyone other than yourself reading the contract, you know, people are going to read it for you, but they don't necessarily have – your entire, you know, best intention at heart. So by the time you're signing it, you know, a lot of guys, they don't know what the hell they're signing. They're just being told to sign it, and they do so. And then they realize, damn, I'm getting screwed over, but by then it's too late. Yeah, you know, do we know, do we even know why Charles Hatley is um, suing Don King? Yeah, okay. So last year, um, this was after the Anthony Mundine fight when he uh, knocked him out in Australia. I think it was a few months after, in 2016, he, he was having a hard time getting a fight. He wanted um, – Jamel Charlo was already lined up to fight John Jackson for the vacant WBC title. The WBC was put together that you know tournament that never came about. Hatley was a part of it, but he wanted to ensure that he was getting a title fight. He decided at that time, he and his father decided, that Don King was the best way to get that title fight. So they signed with him. And then ever since then, it's just – you know Charles Hatley has just done you know everything possible to damage his career. And then by the time he finally gets the fight – I guess another lawyer got in his ear and decided, you know, he was reading the contract and say, hey, well, Don King was supposed to get you a fight in 2016, not necessarily just this title fight. You didn't fight at all. You know, he, you know, he owes you fights. Therefore, you can get out of this contract. So it's not exactly how the way it works because, you know, Charles Hatley has to accept the fight that's given to him and he has to accept, you know, that offer. The problem mm-hmm. was it took so long to negotiate the, the Charlo, um, you know, the, the fight with Jamal Charlo that, that it just dragged all the way through, through 2016. 
I mean, you know, people, of course, can blame Al Heyman for shutting everything down in the fourth quarter of 2016, you know, because basically no PBC fights happened up until December. But, you know, the, Charles Hatley entered those negotiations. They dragged on and on and on. You know, they couldn't agree on a price, yeah. and they finally agreed to something. But then by the time they agreed, you know, they had to wait for the next TV date to come around. It well, was supposed to be in March, but, yeah. you know, the, the Gary Russell uh, Sandon fight got pushed back. So then it finally got this date for last weekend. Yeah, well, whoever thought that that was a 50-50 fight – um, they are just delusional. But talking about Hatley, there was a fiasco in New York where he posted something on Instagram. He had a he was getting yeah. an IV, and and in New York, that is illegal. So what did they do behind the scenes, Jake, to shake this out and make the fight happen? I assume that there was some money exchange. Um, basically, and this is what I actually, I was given bad info because I did report that, you know, according to VADA rules and uh, New York State Athletic Commission rules, you can't get an IVF for the weigh-in. The New York State Athletic Correction did correct me, and, you know, I corrected my story. They actually don't have a rule on it. It's like they don't, they don't say you can get it, but they also don't say you can't. It's, they called it a silent rule. I think it's a rule that they're kind of reviewing because they're still deciding whether or not they want boxing in the state after all the, you know, the, the legislation nonsense that was put in last year. But um, it's a VADA rule, uh, you know, VADA, Voluntary Anti-Doping Agency. They conduct, you know, the random testing through the WBC mm-hmm. Clean Boxing Program. So, you know, that's on the prohibitive list. You can't get an IV. I mean, went through that with, you know, Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, where it came out that Floyd, you know, said he put it in for an exemption and, you know, whatever time he did. But, you know, that became, you know, yet another part of the controversy in, into that fight. But with Hatton, so- I mean, Whoa, whoa, time out, time out, time out. Mr. Mr. Long Island, he'd be talking so fast and we got all these questions. Was there VADA testing for Charlo Hatley? Yeah, there was. All WBC title fights are VADA tested unless, you know, for whatever reason, another agency is brought in. But VADA testing was involved for this fight and no exemptions were filed. And the worst part with Hatley is, you know, a lot of, it's said, you know, a lot of boxers do, you know, they practice this. It's just, it's kept very off the record, you know. Just like, yeah, fighters, you know, tested, but, you know, there's, there's athletes, not just boxing, but there are athletes that are still using steroids. They just find ways to cheat the system. What you don't do is go on social media and advertise that you're cheating the system. You know, Charles Hatley, I understand it's his first title fight. You know, he wants to document every moment. But there's some stuff you just leave off camera. You don't yes, you know, sit, right. show yourself posing right. with, you know, after with, you know, the IV with the nurse in the background and crediting the IV <laughs> company that, that, that performed the damn function. So he realized he was wrong because, you know, he ended up scrubbing his timeline after that. I think he had like two accounts. He killed one. Uh, it's just, you know, all I could say is, you know, for everything he's done in the past year, justice was served in the end with, uh, with that result. You know, I don't dislike Charles Hatley, but I just I've never seen a fighter go so far out of his way to, to sabotage his own career. Um, Jeez. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, dumb, dumb, dumb. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. So yeah. now we are on to the next topic. Let's talk about the fallout of uh-huh. um, the Fury-Parker fight. And uh, Dominic Brissell says he wants to slide up into the DMs and get that fight, too. Give us an update on the <laughs> Parker-Fury fight falling out. Yeah, this, was, um, this fight was supposed to happen April 1st. The Fury side had it pushed back to May 6th. Well, not necessarily to the specific date of May 6th, but they, uh, you know, they let it linger on long enough to where May 6th became the next available date. Parker, you know, they, they made every concession in order to make this fight happen. You know, of course, it's going to happen in New Zealand because Joseph Parker's a huge draw there. But the problem that they have with the excuse that, you know, Fury injured his back, and maybe he did. I'm not, I'm not in a position to say whether or not he did. But their issue is that they fought over travel. They fought over every single detail. 
And the Parker side was never given any clear indication of when they would arrive in uh, New Zealand or even if, you know, they were going to go through with the fight. And then to come up and say, you know, we're injured, we're not fighting, that has them, you know, looking at it with skepticism. But, um, yeah, apparently, you know, Fury hurt his back a couple of weeks ago in training. He's been unable to train, and that's why he's been kind of silent. I think they were kind of riding it out, you know, hoping that the pain would go away in time to, you know, resume training and then head to New Zealand. But it was just a lot of questions unanswered, including, you know, Joseph Parker trains in Las Vegas. He and Kevin Barry went to New Zealand, and they were like, well, damn, no one from Team Fury is even here yet. You know, they're sitting there holding a press conference saying, well, you know, I'm ready to fight oh my May 6th. Yeah, we hope it's uh, Huey Furry, but, you know, it's it's not Huey Fury. I mean, excuse me. Um, you know, now it's not. So now he's looking at other opponents. I did hear Brazil was one. Uh, Jarrell Big Baby Miller is another one. I think he's number three or four in the WBO. So the WBO gave Parker permission to, to fight anyone in the top 15 if they feel they could find someone of quality to keep the May 6th date alive. And Parker wants to test because this is going to be his last fight in New Zealand. He wants to travel the globe from now on. He wants to put the world in world champion. You know, he wants the winner of Anthony Joshua and uh, uh, Vladimir Klitschko. You know, he's looking for top fights. Deontay Wilder, he's willing to fight. So mm. this is going to be his last one in New Zealand because he knows, you know, he can make even bigger fights by traveling, you know, the globe and building his brand that way. So what he doesn't want to do is have this May 6th event get canceled. So uh, my understanding is they have an idea of who they're going to fight. They're kind of keeping it mum, but they're supposed to announce it, I guess, over there. It'd be tonight, you know, their time, today, our time, or uh, it's going to be early tomorrow morning. Well, wow, you, men- you mentioned Big Baby Miller, and uh, <laughs> I really forgot all about this guy. It seemed like he was pretty yeah. hot there about a year ago, and he was talking a lot, and you kind of saw him doing a lot of videos, and then it's like he fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, well, another guy that, you know, signed a promotional contract. He was with Demetrius Salida, and, you know, now he's, you know, he's try- – I-, I don't know if he got out of the contract or he's suing to get out of the contract, but I know there is – I, I think it's a legal issue, as we see, because I know Dimitri said he had him on the contract, but he was no longer his promoter. That was the way he phrased it. So, you know, it's a matter of if Miller can even fight. You know, he has to be cleared of whatever promotional agreement he has with Salida, or he, he would have to go in agreeing that Salida is still his promoter in order to accept any fight these days. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, I would like to see for everything Dominic Brazil just went through in, in Birmingham, including, you know, suing Deontay Wilder for what happened in that post fight. It would be nice for Dominic to get another shot, especially, then, you know, the way he went out against Anthony Joshua last year. I, you know, I'm not sure I like his chances a lot against Joseph Parker, but I think he'll give a much better go of it than uh, was the case last year. Well, to, now is your shot. If you're a WBO ranked heavyweight yeah. in the top 15, uh, you've got yeah. a chance. Dylan White, step on up. Uh, uh, we've got Pubrat is fighting this weekend, so he doesn't get the yep. the uh, the shot. So Christian Hammer, Big Baby, Andy Ruiz, hey, holler at the WBO. You might get a title shot out of it. Yeah, logistically, I was uh, Christian Hammer was the one I was looking at that would probably land it um, if Miller wasn't available to to fight. But uh, my guess would be yeah, either Christian Hammer or Dominic Brazil. So and honestly, on two weeks' notice, I'd be fine with either one of those fights. Although my personal preference, I'd rather see Joseph Walker fight Brazil. All right. Well, Jake Donovan, it's always a pleasure to have you with us. Make sure you all yeah. follow Jake, Jake in the letter N, the box on Twitter. And for those of them who've been asleep at the wheel, give them your website, Jake, so they can go and see more of your writing and keep up with everything you're doing because you are everywhere. you got eyes everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> yep. Uh, just head over to fightnights.com. I dropped three more stories this morning, uh, including, you know, the update on Joseph Parker. And then also uh, Claudio Marrero and Carlos Zambrano, they're now fighting as the main event on FS1 this weekend. And, you know, fight that Claudio Marrero's been waiting for a year for, and, you know, he's finally getting the opportunity. But, yeah, fightnights.com, go check it all out. 
I will. All right. I'll right now. Fight night. <laughs> All right, Jake, thank uh, you so much. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and uh, we are going to announce uh, a little more Know It or Blow It and get ready for our next guest, Sean and Kenny Porter. If you want the best, Box Stats beats the rest. Box Stats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. Box Stats, available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. Box Stats, know your opponent. We are back. Welcome back to the Morning Punch-In Show with RB and J. It's your girl, Jay. I'm in the LBC today. RB is out in North Carolina sending up messages by Carrier Pigeon. So we are with you, making sure you get the hottest morning boxing talk show in the game on this Monday, April 24th. Know it or blow it, RB. It looks like we have a pretty busy switchboard. Do you want to announce the know it or blow it question for this week? Well, here we go. Um, I, well, I don't want to announce the question because we want somebody to call in. Press 1 if you are listening on your phone, 718-508-9852. Press 1 if you want to play Know It or Blow It. We'll give you 10 seconds, maybe even 20 seconds, uh, depending on how hard the trivia question is that I pull out of this bag here. And if you win, you receive a free gift from forama.com. Looks like we have Anybody willing person. to dare to play with us? I think we got somebody daring to be great from the 504. 504231, you are live with RBNJ. What's your name and where are you calling from? That's a green. Uh, All right, sir. You ready to play some Know It or Blow It this morning? Yeah. See if I keep my winning streak going. Oh, you got a winning streak? Yeah, you know, uh, I won a couple of shirts on Oh, Lord, that's right. You got, like, the whole wardrobe. <laughs> you know, I got the Muhammad Ali, and I got You Don't Know Boxing. And, yep, and yep. Okay, well, today's No It or Blow It. To today's No It or Blow It is brought to you by 4AMA.com. Rashid Wallace is um, the owner of this fabulous boutique, but they also have men's stuff, too. So if you win... We'll let you pick, you know, any of their men products, and we will get those out to you. You ready? Yeah. Can okay. All right. If I win this, I'll ask y'all if I win it first. Okay, if you win. Okay. Here we go. Uh, let me pick one out here. All right. How old was George Foreman when he became the oldest heavyweight champion oh, in history? Man. How old was Jay George Foreman when he became the oldest heavyweight champ? Jay, give him 10 seconds. You gave me this question before, uh, 45. Oh, my gosh, I did? Wait, that shouldn't even count. No, nah, then he didn't. Sorry, no, nah, you got to play again. Your point. <laughs> you, yeah, you got to play again. I already gave you that one. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, let's see. I got one for you. And okay. I don't think you, I got to know where to blow up a question for you. You got to give me 10 okay. seconds. We got 10 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? Uh-huh. How old was, in honor of this press junket that I did this weekend in the movie coming out next week, how old was Chuck Wepner when he fought Muhammad Ooh. Ali for the heavyweight title? You have 10 seconds. This is a good Let's one. go. This is a good one. Was he Was he four? Is that your final answer? My final answer is no, four. No, that's not the. 
That's not the right answer. That is not the right answer. And I'm not going to give out the right answer because we might want to keep that one in the stash. So if you're oh, listening, man. make sure that you go out and see Chuck next week starring well, Leah Schreiber. Why do you have to throw that, might... that one out? Because there's no to blow it, and you got to dare to be great. <laughs> Come on, now. Nobody's thinking of Exactly, but it was a, a professionally sanctioned fight that went the distance, and that question popped in my mind because I just did that press junket with Leah Shriver. So we're going to go ahead and put you You're back so in wrong. the queue and bring you. You're wrong. I know. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? But we knew you were going to get the yeah. answer to that one. So you were my favorite. <laughs> Oh, Jay, you blew it. I blew it. I knew it, and I blew it. All right, thank, hold on. We're going to put you back in the queue and bring on our guests. Let's, I'm going to take a quick commercial break and make sure that these are our guests in the queue calling from a blocked number. If you want the best, Box Stats beats the rest. Box Stats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. Box Stats, available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. Box Stats, know your opponent. All right, we are back. Let us see if our special guests are in the queue. Let me see what number this is. Unknown caller. Who is this and where are you calling from? Oh, I'm sorry, girls. I'm just uh, I'm listening to show them at work. All right, cool. I'll put you back in the queue. Our special guest, if you are in the queue because... Uh, you're, someone's missing a phone. Please press 1 so I can pick you up on the console. Let's see if this is our special guest. 910, who is this and where are you calling from? Oh, this is just Jamel Harry. I'm just listening to the show. What? <laughs> Jamel! Jamel! Jamel, I'm glad Jamel just called. I am glad that Jamel Herring's on the line. Jamel, when are we going to see you fight? What's good? <laughs> Uh, you know, right now I'm scheduled to come back sometime, and maybe um in June, probably when Robert Easter fights again. But um, oh, you know, yeah. I'll keep y'all posted on that. But I'll be I'll be back soon. I'll but be back. listen, Jamal, I see a lot of fights getting made that I feel like are perfect for you. So do do they just not want to fight you? Uh, um, speaking of fights like that, what is it? May second, um, Ivan Redcatch, and um. Yes. That's exactly uh, the one I'm that, referring that was to. Actually, yeah, that was actually two opponents that were presented to me. But um, Ivan Redcatch, he keeps saying no. And um, me and Mendez, we were going to fight, but I guess he had, had an incident where he had to pull out, and that's when I had to get a, um, you know, a late opponent in my last fight. But I'm still trying. I'm still, <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying. See, that's why you have to listen to the Morning Punch and Show. You never, ever know who will call in. While we're awaiting our special guest, why don't we get your hot take? What did you think of uh, Sean Porter's performance against Andre Berto? At the conclusion of the fight, he jumped right in and said something about headbutts. What did you think about the performance as you watched it? I mean, I, I didn't think, I didn't think, like I said, I didn't think it was intentionally. You know, we all know that, you know, Sean makes it, you know, rough and aggressive for anybody. So I didn't take it as like a, a bad thing, you know. It, it just happens at times, especially with um the style that um you know Sean comes with. But um, for the most part, I think we all basically seen that um that coming because you know Sean's real hungry, and um I was just happy to see him back in there because um I feel that you know he gives he puts on a, a great fight when he gets in there with anybody. But I didn't I didn't take you know the headbutts and you know the um accidents as like anything personal or um anything in, intentional. 
you know, I, I want to ask you for um, your very, very honest opinion. For a couple years there, a lot of people thought the Charlo brothers were a little bit of hype, including me. Okay, so I will eat crow. Are they the new bad boys in boxing? Like, are they the real deal? Can we all say, like, okay, yeah, they they decent? I mean, you got. I, I give. I give. Like, you know, people like you some credit because that actually, you know, things of that nature, how people felt felt about them, actually, basically, feel them to be where they're at mm-hmm. now. But I really feel that, um, you know, they're really trying to prove a point, you know, and and get their names out there. And um, right now, they're they're on a good look, you know. At one point in time, we all thought that um that Jamel was just basically the more technically sound, and why um Jamel was more you know just a heavy hitter. But you know Jamel Jamel's proving that you know now he's trying to get his pop, and you know he got some pop in his punches, and um that he he really they really want those big fights. You know you give him credit because you know they actually are looking for a bigger fight and they're actually trying to call out um you know other champions. So mm-hmm. I give him the, all the credit in the world. You know Jamal wants to make a um a run. At the middleweight, and he's already looking at guys like you know Canelo, Golovkin. Uh, I recently seen he um, called out Danny Jacobs also. So you know I give him credit for that because you know they're, they're not just trying to hold belts and just you know fight mandatories that nobody wants to see. So you know I, I give him give him a lot of respect for that. Yeah, and I like that they have kind of become like the villains, where before they were like the real nice twins, yeah, and people were like, like ah. Yeah, and now they become like the villains. They talking real heavy. They talking greasy, and people are like kind of feeling that about them because I think they're really showing, you know, who they are. And out in New York, they were both kind of mad out there when they were talking to the media. I know they even checked a couple media members from what I heard, and they even said, look, we're not getting our respect in this boxing game. You know, what more yeah. do we have to do? I mean, like I said, all I can do right now is just um, keep going out there and winning and um, not just, you know, winning any, like, in a dull fashion, just keep on putting on great performances, and they'll get the respect that they um that they deserve. And you know, we all know the 154 pound division is high. You know, I would eventually like to see him, you know, fight even my um my boy Demetri- Demetrius Andrade. Mm. Mm. There's another one who can't get a fight. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yo. Well, that is awesome. Uh, I love that he. I love that Javel Hearing is rocking with us this morning. That's pretty awesome. I know, right? And and you know what else I need to know from Mel? Because I know he's a big, big boxing fan. It doesn't matter, you know, who you are, where you signed with. It don't matter with Mel either. So out of all the fights coming up in the next month or two, uh, which one are you most looking forward to? I I could tell you which one I'm actually looking forward to, which I think is going to surprise some people. But which one are you most looking forward to? I got to say the Kell Brook Aerosmith fight. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a good fight. Like, a lot of eyes on that know, fight. Exactly. Like, I keep it real with anybody. Like I said, you know, we all know Earl is my, um, my brother and my teammate. But this is going to be, you know, this is really going to show, you know, if he's the real deal or not. You know, this is going to really bring out, I think it's going to bring out the best of both of them because, um, you know, they have Earl as a favorite. But um, we, let's be serious. You know, Kell Brook isn't a, isn't a pushover. You know, Kell Brook, um, I still believe he's probably, Yeah, he, and I still believe he's probably one of the best welterweights out there. So, you know, it's just one fight that I'm interested in, in seeing because, um, like I said, um, we all know there's a lot, there's a lot of hype behind Errol. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, people, um, people, a lot of people still feel that um, Kel is um, a, a dangerous opponent. And I just, I, I'm just waiting to see how, how it all plays out. Jay, how about you, Jay, before I tell you which one I'm most looking forward to? 
The fight I'm looking forward to is the one happening this weekend, Joshua versus Klitschko. Oh. This is going to be a great, great test for the young champion. This is going to be, could this be the swan song of one of the long, one of the modern era's long storied reigns in heavyweight history? So it's a good test on either side and how it happened. However it ends, it's still going to be a plus for either of their careers. But the bigger yeah. plus, obviously, is for Joshua. So I'm looking very, well, very much forward to that one. I am looking forward to Javonta Davis versus Walsh. Because Ooh. Tank is about to go over there into some deep waters. I mean, the fans over there are unlike no other. You know, he's not going to have his crowd. He's not going to have his hometown. It is a completely different environment, stage. It could be very hostile over there. And I know Tank is very mentally strong, but it's different over there. It's just different. And I'm pulling for the kid, but I think it's going to be a tougher fight than most people think. I think it's going to be tougher than Pedraza. Yeah, yeah, I, I give him that. Um, that's crazy that y'all mentioned Pedraza because um, I was um, just mentioning to my team, if he wants to move up to 35, I will more than likely welcome him there, too. <laughs> Let me tweet that. <laughs> Let's put it. You know, RB and I are in the habit. We make fights on this show. We don't get the chance oh, that we should get from making fights, but we make fights on this show. <laughs> Everybody, Everybody's matchmaker. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, the one that's fight right. that I'm actually looking for also too is um that, that that's not getting a lot of credit I believe is obviously the um um Terrence Crawford's next fight with Diaz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, I, I mean I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Crawford of course, but um I believe it's going to be um a lot a lot more entertaining and challenging than than the last couple you know than the last couple of fights, but um I still believe that um Terrence Crawford is actually the best at 140 hands down. Mel, you actually saved the day because we were expecting Kenny and Sean Porter to call in, and we're still trying to find them. So I'm going to just keep rolling with you. I need oh, to man. ask you who. Man, I got like, man, Kenny, if you listening, get your butt on the phone, man. You know, we love your input, man. Get on the phone. Right. Man. But listen, who tried to kill your boy Broner? Oh, man, that that's a whole. I, honestly, ladies, I'm still trying to figure out the real story, to be real with y'all. You know, I, you know, just like just like everybody else, I woke up. Seen on social media, you know, little holes in SUV, and um, you know, I spoke with my team, and they basically, they're basically saying that um, you know, he was just at the um wrong place at the wrong time, but actually that he wasn't the one that was actually starting the um, the drama this time around, and that um, I guess he was just leaving the end scene, and you know, that's when all the craziness had um started. But um, like even till now, I I haven't seen him, you know. Well, y'all know I me, mean? like I said, I wish him the best of luck at everything, you know. I'm glad that he's safe. But um, you know, I, like I said, I just um wish that sometimes he stay away from like certain crowds. But you know, it is what it is. We thought you had. I, I feel so. I kind of feel sorry. I kind of feel sorry for the kid. Like you said, I feel the same thing. It's a lot of it is his element. And when I saw the story, actually, and then I watched the, the video, I felt sorry for Broner. I thought, damn. What a yeah, rough night. Sometimes, sometimes, like, I mean, we could be we could be honest and real. Like, sometimes, yeah, he, he may put himself in certain situations, you know, just basically being himself. But, um, like I said, like, uh, for the most part, what I heard that um, this actually was a case that he wasn't the one causing the drama. He just happened to get ca- caught into something. But, like I said, when you, um, when you have that past of, you know, people just known, you just known for getting into tr- trouble, it doesn't really matter what the side of the story people is. People are going to try you. Time, but, um, 
Yeah, so um, like I said, I'm just glad that he's okay. You know what I'm saying? I hope, you know, this is um, another learning experience because, you know, losing fights is one thing, but like I said, you, you, if you lose your life, you know, that's it. There's no coming back from yeah. that. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's time to pick up stakes. It might be time to relocate to another region of the country. Pick up the kids, pick up the wifey, and and hit another spot. But anyway, Jamel Herring, thank you so much for calling in and talking with us. We are ready to see you back in the ring. We are yes. very excited to see you back in the ring. Oh, it was always great talking with you, too, man. It's always great. Like I said, I, I'll be tuning in. Like I said, I'll be back, I'll be back next week. You know, I'm, I'm always listening now. <laughs> thank you for the support, right. man. You got some All right, friends you over here. Take it easy. All right. All right, take care. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and I think we will be back now with Kenny and Sean Porter. If you want the best, Box Stats beats the rest. Box Stats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. Box Stats, available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. Box Stats, know your opponent. All right. All right. We are back with the morning punch-in show. Before we bring on our next guest, I want to kick off a little segment that we will be doing every week. We are going to call it the Petty of the Week. And this week, today I'm launching a new segment, Petty of the Week, and where each and every week I will bring you some of boxing's most petty occurrences from around the world. And if you're listening and you're unsure of what petty means in the urban sense, petty is defined by Urban Dictionary, and you can go out there as making things, events, or actions Normal people dismiss as trivial into excuses excuses to be upset, uncooperative, childish, or stubborn. So with that definition, this week's Petty of the Week salute goes to Jermel Charlo, who took to Instagram following his victory over Charles Hatley, and he reposted a picture on his Instagram of Charles Hatley posing with Julian J. Rock Williams, And the caption underneath the original photo says, within 90 days, the Charlo twins have to give us our belts. Enjoy them as long as y'all can. Hashtag easy work. And he tagged J-Rock Boxing in the photo. So it looks like the Charlos are enjoying their respective victories and being petty. And for that, we give them the first annual Petty of the Week award. So... Kudos to you. There's no prize attached to it, but y'all keep on being petty and we'll keep on watching. And so that's where we are, B. If you want to see the picture, make sure you go over to Instagram to Future of Boxing's IG account and you can see the repost of the picture with Charles Hatley with J-Rock Boxing because the twins are really emerging as the bad boys. You like the bad boy, Charlos? Um, I do. I have to admit it. I'm glad that they're finally like becoming who they really are. And I'm so glad that they're finally speaking up. They're calling out who they want to fight. They're no longer redirecting back to Al Heyman like many fighters do. I think that they are the new bad boys in boxing. And these are, I think, the Charlos that I wanted to like. But, you know, they were just so filtered before. And they were so scripted. And a lot of fighters were, not just them. They were all kind of puppets. And now they're like... We want to fight Triple G. We want Danny Jacobs. We want Canelo. And I'm like, yes, you know, we want fighters that want to fight. Those are the guys that we want to root for. Um, And I think that they are making new fans. I follow many, many people on Twitter that never really did like them. 
And I see them now saying, I like the Charlos. They made me fans. I like it. It's so more I, I think it's working. Whatever they're doing, it's working. And they're winning in a big type of fashion. They're not going in there and being boring. They're going in there and being very flashy. They're knocking people the F out dramatically. You know, so I think that they have a lot of momentum behind them. I did hear that Jamal, uh, yeah, Jamal Herring, Jamal Charlo is um, probably supposed to be fighting in May or June. So hopefully they do get him right back. All right. It looks like our guest is having some technical difficulty and wants us to call him. So let me dial him into the switchboard right now. Boy, I'm learning how to Did do you that. check that he has the right number, Jay? Can yeah, he? he has it. Let's see what he's got going. I'm going to dial him in. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. KP, you just we are up? listening in. We're joining. We're joined by Kenny Porter, and we're going to have Sean Porter after a great, great victory over Andre Berto this past weekend in New York at the Barclays Center. Let's start with the coach, with the father. Grade your son's performance, and did he stick to the game plan that you set up for him going into this fight? Nah, he didn't stick to the game plan, but, uh, you know, nah, he didn't stick to the game plan. But um, I, I, uh, I have a situation with Sean where we have an understanding that, you know, um, I, I know when he's uh, – when he's determined to do something, I just got to start, you know, at that point I have to start leaning in his direction with the with the directions that I'm giving him uh, each round. So um, he kind of he, he kind of got away from my game plan real early, and uh, he, he made up his mind about what he was going to do, so I coached accordingly. So, okay, then now we have to know then, how did he go off your game plan? I mean, you know, you've known Berto for years. You've been screaming for this fight. We've been kind of beating the drum for you to get this fight too. What was the simple game plan? Well, this, uh, starting off, I actually wanted it to be a, a clean fight. I didn't want Sean to go right at him early. I wanted him to get a few rounds, at least two, where he showed his boxing skill and his ability to <clears throat> land a clean jab step around a guy, put a combination together, make a guy miss a combination, and come back with something and keep it, you know, an early boxing match. Um, but uh, early on, Sean just said, hey, you know, I'm about to go get this guy. And he did. He mauled him, yeah. okay? Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, guys, unfortunately, because Sean is not here with me, I got to get him on the line right now this morning. Because he's got an appointment this morning as well, so i got to get him on. Can you guys hold on? Sure. <clears throat> sure. Thank you. You are listening to the Morning Punch and Show, the most unpredictable, authentic boxing morning show in the game. It is Monday, April 24th. For you just tuning in, we had a chance to talk to Jamel Herring about his potential next outing in the fight. Jake Donovan at the top of the show. RB is broadcasting from up Outer Mongolia. Currently to be with you this week. I'm in the LBC. No sea walking with Snoop Dogg this morning, but we are joined by our special guests, uh, Sean Porter and Kenny Porter. Kenny Porter, if you're just tuning in, said that Sean did not stick to the game plan. 
and his victory over Andre Bertel, and he'll be joining us in just a moment to give his assessment on his performance. RB, like you just mentioned with Kenny, we've been beating the drum to see Sean in another fight, so it's exciting to see him get this victory. We At the top of the year when they were announced in the PBC and upcoming schedule for the year, yeah. we kept asking that question. Where is Sean Porter? So, well, yeah. You know, good Hello? Yeah. Wow, that sounds interesting. It sounds like we're underwater. I think that is uh, Kenny trying to get uh, Sean on the yeah. line. Kenny, are you back with us? Yes, we're back, Sean. Yeah, I'm here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for those listening, we are now joined by Sean Showtime Porter. Congratulations on your victory on Saturday night. Oh, thank you very much. Just uh, resting up, <clears throat> still reflecting on it, and, uh, you know, obviously proud of myself and, you know, ready to just, uh, you know, get 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 recovered and get back to training and everything. So how much time are you taking yourself, giving yourself to kind of bask in a victory, and what are you going to do for recovery? Are you going to do some yoga? Are you going to go out and jump out of a plane? What are you going to do for this recovery? Uh, I don't think jumping out of a plane is is, is considered a recovery, but I'm sure we'll find something fun to do to, to fill the time uh, that I have to recover from everything. Um, I, I did some soaking last night, and I uh, was uh, 44 degrees last night. I wasn't happy about that. I usually try to keep it around 50, uh, but my dad been playing around with the tub. <laughs> he thinks it's funny. He got you. <laughs> right. He said that's uh, outside of that, to the game plan. yeah. Outside of that, um, I think we'll. I'll probably just yeah, like you said, get get a little yoga in and and uh, you know, mostly just rest up. I don't really have a uh, time frame for you know how long I want to you know take off or anything like that. Uh, we we usually just you know. We get the fights when they give them to us, you know. So at this point, you know, we'll, we'll rest up, and as soon as we're ready to go, we'll let them know, and and uh, we'll let boxing take care of itself. Sean, when your father joined us at the uh, top of the, just a few moments ago, he said that you didn't stick to the game plan in the fight. What did you see in Berto that make that made you make the choice to deviate from the plan that your dad gave you? I mean, I guess my first question to him would be what part of the game plan did not stick to. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, okay. Well, when they ask the question, the question can be misconstrued. It can be. It can be a very, very question. It can be very vast. So, hey when, man, don't be misconstrued in people. Misconstruing. Or 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 misdemeanor like Adrian Bronner, right? <laughs> But, uh, Do you know who tried to kill Adrian Broner? Uh, no, I have no clue. Um, but okay. uh, I do know if you got eight bullets in your car, someone's trying to do damage. Right, right. So, so okay, to be a more, little more specific in in the answering the question, the question was, did he stick to the game plan? Sticking to the game plan, that's like one hundred percent sticking. That's it. You know what I'm saying? That's like throwing a dart and hitting it direct center. That's sticking to a game plan. So he probably he probably went, you know, in that 95% range 
early on he started you know he started going a different direction and it's not like you know he went totally to the left or anything like that at all you know but it was me steering him back to 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 that you know to that point so um you know uh it it was one of those situations where you know I was guiding him back there and he was kind of getting off of there and I was guiding him back but you know he wasn't you know it wasn't like he was way to the left Sean, you dominated the fight from the beginning until the referee stopped it. Did you expect to go to the dis- the distance, but in or in that ninth and final round when you were just pummeling Berto against the ropes, did you sense that the end was coming and that's why you kicked it up another notch? Well, you know what? Throughout the fight, there were there were points where I had him on the ropes and mm-hmm. I was really getting after him. And uh, after those moments, you know, uh, I think. <clears throat> Once we got back to the center of the ring, it was for a few reasons. You know, number one, it, it, I didn't have the sense that, you know, he was going to go anywhere. And outside of that, um, I knew because of, you know, his, his record and, you know, the things that he has done, I knew that, you know, there was a good chance that he might be able to hold on throughout the entire fight. But, you know, um, I, I don't, I never, you know, questioned myself and my abilities. So, Every time I got him on the ropes, it was just a matter of, you know, trying to hurt him and trying to give him a sense that I wasn't going to stop. And and maybe that would, you know, let him know, you know, that, hey, maybe it's time for me to take a bow. But, um, you know, the, the very last time that I had him on the corner and in the ropes, I could see that he was a little dazed um, before he, he hit the ropes. And so, you know, my, my thing was just keep going, keep going, you know, and, you know, and, uh, after a while, uh, the ref finally did jump in and decided that uh, Andre had enough uh, that night. That, that night. Well, Sean, you always make for good TV fights, and you're always such a class act. You're always in dog shape. You know, we're, we always know that you're going to go 12 if you have to go 12, but we always know that you want to finish the person in front of you. We want to see you more this year. After the fight, Keith Thurman seemed really, really open in granting you your rematch. He said he deserves it. He has earned it. You know, let's talk to Al. Do you believe it? Do you think you can get that rematch that you so desperately want with Keith Thurman? You know, I was with my friends yesterday, and we we were talking about it. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to remain positive. You know, saying all that just to say, you know, uh, that's what he said. You know, he, he was in the moment, in the spotlight. And, you know, I, I understand what that feels like. You know, you have to say the right things, you know, to, yeah. to you know, impress everyone and, you know, give everyone a sense of hope or, or whatever, you know. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess in some ways he gave me a sense of hope, but it was like I told him right there in that moment as well. You know, uh, I'm not trying to disrespect you, but right now those are just a bunch of words. All I understand is yes, you know. So yeah. yes would have would have been, that would have felt a lot better. Um, I didn't get something as simple as yes, but I did get an answer. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll entertain that fight as soon as possible. And uh, obviously, uh, Al Heyman knows what Sean Porter and his team want. So hopefully we yeah. can make it happen. Okay. I, I asked the Twitter fans last night, you know, if they would rather see you fight the, uh, Thurman in a rematch or Danny Garcia. And I must say about 90% of the responses that I got said that they would love for you to fight Danny Garcia. Yeah, I, that is actually, that's a fight that I would like to have as well. I think, uh, you know, I thought that 
his fight with uh, Keith Thurman was, you know, I I didn't think that he won the fight. I, I didn't th- honestly, I didn't think it was very close. Um, but I, I do think that he's still a strong fighter. He's still a very mm-hmm. good fighter. Oh, yeah. I think that I think that on TV that's a very good fight for uh, for fight fans, and it's a good fight for both of us as well. At the conclusion of the fight, Sean, you said that you wanted to work on on headbutt and just something that was something you wanted to work on. How do you make that adjustment? And looking back, reflecting on the fight with Berto, how often was it a problem? Was it a matter of him coming in and you having to come in aggressive? What made you utter that in the, the post-fight? Because it came as a surprise that that kind of just popped out of your mouth when they were interviewed after the fight. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I thought that it was, you know, that was a very significant part of the fight. You know, the headbutts uh, were, were very, very relevant in the fight. Um, changed the way he was fighting. I think may, it may have actually uh, affected him and hurt him uh, at some points in the fight. Uh, myself, I'm understanding anything can happen anytime. You just have to, you know, stay focused and, and keep fighting. You know, ultimately the goal is to win. You, you can't let anything, right. I can't let anything stop me. You know, but um, saying all that, you know, I just felt that that was uh, something that, that needs to be uh, improved on. And it's something that we've talked about, something that my dad has really harped on in the past about me, you know, uh, my, my offensive attack and my approach in the fight. You know, you have to recognize not only what I'm doing, but what, what my opponent is doing as well. And, and I could see that, that Berto wanted to get at me. I thought that my feints and my jabs were, were keeping him from – you know, being able to to use his offensive uh, tactics on me, but there were also points where you know, um, collectively we both came in very aggress- aggressively, and uh, headbutts were were made. You know, so in the, in the future, uh, not only do I set up my offense, but I have to also recognize what my guy is doing, how he's coming at me, and and be able to keep my line, my head out of the line of, of fire of of, of the headbutts as well as the punches. Hey, guys, if you let me interject here, Sean, and back back yeah. to things being misconstrued. When you say, I got to work on headbutts, that signifies or sends off an alarm. Headbutts mean that you were, that to people, you know, you were trying to headbutt or someone was headbutting. You, you don't want to present it that way. What you want to say was, a head clash or an incidental or accidental headbutt. But when they hear headbutts, they think someone intentionally was using headbutts. So that's what happens. Like, you know, uh, when it's heard, it's, oh, they're headbutting. No. You know, we got two guys who are both five foot seven. We got two guys who are physically um, pretty much the same type of body structure. We got two guys that both like to come forward. So in that situation, two guys are probably going to have an incident or an accident where their heads clash. So that is more of the wording, and people take that, and when the first thing they read on the headline is headbutt, it sounds like someone was headbutting, when in actuality it was an incidental or accidental, as the referee said, uh, clashing of the heads. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Anybody watching? Yeah, anybody watching a fight doesn't think Sean just came in like yeah, yeah, you know, trying to headbutt <laughs> him during, <laughs> you know, during the fight. Exactly. And and I gotta I gotta go back and watch the fight, which I haven't watched it yet, guys. 
but I will be looking for, and I thought this might have happened after the first round when, 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 when Sean had redness over his eye, I thought to myself, Berto's going to try to open this, open this up mm-hmm. because this will give him an advantage in this fight. He's going to try to open this up. And that was the first thought that came to my mind. So I was trying to see if there were going to be tactics on his behalf. And I'm quite sure if you got a choice of being the guy that went down the way he did three times, or you got a choice of being the guy, I'm going to put my head down when he comes in. I'm just putting it down. He's going to put his head down. Right. Right. Because he doesn't want to be the guy that was on the – yeah. But – let us let us just say that Sean was excellent. He looked so sharp. He looked so crisp. He looked so prepared. And it was a wonderful exhibition of the hard work in the gym, the coaching, and just the preparation for this fight. And it was good to see him perform at that level on the big stage once again and remind the fans that he is here in the welterweight division and ready to make his statement. So kudos to the both of you for such you a know, great I- statement. I, I love it, and uh, the the best part about it was, you know, we got to the back room, and you know, my dad and and Coach Larry Way, mother uh, mother coach, that's you know, not right now my dad's left hand right hand man, uh, you know, they were talking about how focused I was in the ring and and how well I listened to my dad, and you know that that's a part of the feeling that I get in the ring, you know, I feel, you know, like I need my dad, and I also feel like you know. If I'm doing the right things, then, you know, everything is going to happen the right way, you know. So uh, that was um, definitely a, a, a fine example of someone being ready for a fight, uh, not only physically but mentally as well, mentally prepared for um, what he what I was up against and, and, and willing and wanting to win and doing everything I could to win, you know. So um, definitely uh, enjoyed the night in the fight, and uh, I'm I'm definitely feeling very, very blessed right now to be able to come home and, and relax and enjoy the fruits of my labor, which, which is right now just doing an interview with you guys. So thank you very much for the phone call. Are you guys going to get another alpaca rub, another alpaca? I didn't forget. Sean, are you going to get another alpaca rug? Oh, Am I, I going to get another what? Are you going to get another alpaca um, to celebrate? Uh, Athena bought one milk last time, and let's give her a couple bucks. Okay. Well, why don't we go ahead and wrap, because it sounds like you are out in the field and we are closing up the show. So thank you, gentlemen. Congratulations again on your victory Saturday night, and we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you. All right, Thanks, guys. Here. Thank you. All right, so we are back. Let's take one final commercial break, and we'll wrap it up with, uh, we'll go ahead and close out the show for this week, and it's been a great one. If you want the best, BoxStats beats the rest. BoxStats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. BoxStats, available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. BoxStats, know your opponents. Okay. Well, we are a little bit past um, our hour here, but there are there are a couple things that we did want to mention. There were other fights this weekend. There were some good fights this weekend. We talked about, you know, the Birdo 
reporter fight just now with Kenny and Sean. The harvest did not come, you know, just in case you were wondering. And um, after the fight, Jay, Amira Khan, I want you to talk a little bit about what Amira Khan said and what he wants. Amira Khan, you know, it's never a week without Amira Khan, so let's come with uh, this week's Amira Khan who's on Check Me Boo moment. Following the fight, Amira Khan tweeted, Forget Porter. Get your gloves on at Keith Thurman. I want you end of this year. More money and bigger fights. Hashtag ponytail. Oh, Amir Khan. Oh, Amir Khan. So that is the Amir Khan who going to check me boo moment of the week. He wants to fight the ponytail. Yeah, Khan just. It's it's never about anybody else. Sean Porter had his yeah. moment. He won big. He beats Birdo, and then he's out there screaming for Keith Thurman. you got to love him. Who's going to check him? Nobody. Anyway, before the Porter-Birdo fight, Jamel Charlo with the brutal knockout over, over Charles Hatley. We talked a little bit about that. And um, now Jamel Charlo wants to fight Jarrett Hurd. So I think that would be an awesome matchup if they can make that happen. Charles Hatley was laying there on the ground, ice cold, eyes wide shut on the deck. It was nasty, nasty, nasty. Again, I never did think it was a 50-50 fight, but it was good for Charlo to get that, that win in the way he did. They're making new fans. They're the new bad boys of boxing. Let's go over to the top rank card, Jay that was out in L.A. on top-ranked pay-per-view. Uh, Jesse Magdaleno, he won. He destroyed Dos Santos in two rounds. Zordo won. Now, I didn't watch the fight, but from my Twitter, a lot of people were saying that Zordo is just so boring. He just never is in a good fight. Nobody really likes him. And I'm talking about hardcore Mexican fans that are like, he's boring. Right, right. He doesn't have that style that's appealing to them, and – I know they're making a push for a good super middleweight showdown for Zerto, but it didn't look like the fans were really, really into it. He did get the victory as expected, but there was far more interest in what Magdaleno and what later Valdez was doing on the card, which was a great fight. So hopefully Zerto's performance sets up a future fight, maybe with Jesse Hart, and Jesse Hart wants him. They both fight for top rank, maybe stylistically. That'll be a more appealing fight yeah. for both of their super middleweights. But at this point, you know, a lot of mention has been made of Zerto fighting Golovkin in the future. I don't think that's the right fight for him quite yet or if ever. Be And as far as his style, like you mentioned, the fans just weren't feeling it. They just were yeah. kind of watching it happen. And then in the main event, the fight that was totally overlooked by a lot of people in the media and a lot of fans was a true 50-50 fight between Oscar Valdez and Miguel Mariaga. Valdez beat Mariaga in a grueling war. Um, He dropped him. He got the decision. It was a really tough fight. He feels like he graduated. No doubt in Valdez's mind, he said, Mariaga has been my toughest opponent to date. And he knew it was going to be a tough fight. So I think... The, the future is so bright for Valdez, but, Jay, I have to say, they need to get him on regular TV. He needs to be on yeah. HBO, HBO Latino. Uh, the, the pay-per-view thing is kind of scary for a guy like Valdez. I mean, I think there was only like 5,000 people that showed up to the StubHub. Right. And it's so surprising. Valdez is a great fighter. He's a gritty fighter. He's appealing to two markets, and I'm not sure what exactly is the holdback from that, the StubHub, a great arena. It was a hot, sunny day in California, but not a huge turnout. 
for the fight, a great turnout, a good crowd, an excited crowd to be there, but not what what we expected. So what happens with him in the future will be interesting. There's a lot of opportunities for fights out there. He is the defending champion, but I don't know what they need to do because he really it, is a it, cool kid. It, it's not them because – Valdez is fighting people like him. He's marketable. He's a good fighter. You know, yeah. top rank is a machine. It's HBO. Right. The networks have got to buy into him and say he's one of our future stars. They bought into Verdejo really quickly. And now look mm. where Verdejo's at. He's nowhere. So it's like, okay, they need to sign on and get on the Team Valdez train and start getting him on. I mean, that card on Saturday would have been perfect on HBO Latino. Or something Absolutely. like that. You know, it didn't have to be HBO Championship, you know, boxing. But, you know, they, they belong on the regular network for sure. And they need to start buying into Oscar Valdez. Um, anyway, real quick, in case you missed it, Shakur Stevenson, he made his pro debut on that card. And he beat Edgar Brito in about five rounds. And we talked a little bit earlier about this, but Adrian Broner was arrested again. He was found by police in an SUV that was shot up with bullets. He's saying that somebody's trying to kill him. They're jealous of him. They want they want to kill a celebrity to make a name for themselves. No word yet on who that celebrity is that he thinks they are trying to kill, but just mo money, more problems for Adrian Broner, Jay. Yeah, A.B. A.B. got to be about bouncing to someplace else because where he's living <laughs> is not working out too great for him. So, A.B., Keep your head up, bro. Keep your head up. Let's get it together. Jay, why don't you wrap us up with the weekend fight schedule, and then we will sign off and let everybody continue on with their Monday. All right. Let's start with April 27th from Durham, North Carolina. North Carolina. If you are in the North Carolina area, make sure you head on out and see Jamar Freeman taking on Jeremy Ramos' six-round Russell Pelt with the expert matchmaking, RB with the hard work, dedication, top top cats boxing out there in Durham. If you are in the surrounding areas, go ahead and make sure you check out fights because Thursday night is a great night for fights. So we're going to kick that off on Thursday the 27th if you're in that area. On Friday the 28th on Unamas, Casey Ramos versus Miguel Beltran are fighting in Studio City, California, so that'll be on Unamas. Also, on the same day, during the day from London, the big heavyweight showdown from England, Anthony Joshua versus Ooh. Vladimir Klitschko for Joshua's IBF and the vacant WBA heavyweight title. Also fighting on the card, Scott Quigg versus Viorel Simeon and Luke Camel versus Darlis Perez. So make sure, oh, Katie Taylor is also fighting. You know, a lot of people ask us if we're going to get Katie Taylor on. She'll mm. be fighting on Saturday night against Nina Menke. Also on Saturday night, if you are not watching, oh, you could watch the show, The Joshua Fight, during the day, and then you can watch this at night. PBC on Fox Sports, Carlos Zambrano versus Claudio Marrero for Zambrano's WBA interim featherweight title, and also Jason Rosario versus Nathaniel Gallimore. And Layla McCarter, Raging Babe, will be fighting on the card as well. This is a Mayweather Promotions card. She's a recent signee, so... If you are in Vegas, make sure you check that out. And that's all I got for the popular fight schedule for this weekend, RB. 
Well, thank you so much, and we appreciate everyone for listening today. Jay, thank you for holding it down while I'm out here in the boonies. Make sure you visit badculture.net, ragingbabe.com. You can catch us right here every Monday morning from 8 to 9. It is the Morning Punch-In Show. Thank you for making us a part of your day. It's a wrap. <laughs>